It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I am your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. And guys, it is NFL Week 4. Week 3 is behind us. Week 4 in front of us. We're going to go ahead. We're going to kick the bookies rear ends this week. And I got the football fanatics here. I got Dan Rivera, stats and information guru. You guys can get him at Dan Rivera, 228. And one of the things that came up over the last couple of weeks is where can we get your picks at, guys? You know, where can we find the information, you know, with all the likes and all the best bets where you guys can go to at Dan Rivera, 228. Dan usually posts them Saturday night, you know, early Sunday to go ahead and say, here's what we have. Here's all the best bets. Here's all the likes. And we would like to put it out, you know, a little bit later. We don't want to put it out, you know, the first day that we do the podcast because, you know, we want you guys to go ahead and listen to the podcast. Also, the bookie assassin is with us at Pregame Hitman. Uncle Dave is in the house as usual. You guys can get him on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler. And Chris Dell, the fantasy football guru. You guys can get him at Mad Journalist. We got Bernie Fratto in the house. We got Mackenzie Rivers. We got Jay Smoove with us as well. And also, guys, I have a special guest best bet. This is somebody that you're going to be hearing a little bit from later on as we get closer to college basketball. And there's a little hint for you, and I'll just leave it at that. But we do have one other big thing to take note of here. Breaking news. We have our first ever triple best bet on one particular game. You guys are going to certainly going to want to go ahead and listen in on that one. But with that said, we got to go ahead and start ripping and running through these games. We have a full slate here to go ahead and get through. First game on the docket here. We always start out with our Thursday night football game. We have the Broncos at the Jets. Jets right now. Minus one plus one pick. So you have to shop around. You can get the Broncos as well. Minus one plus one pick. So be sure to go ahead and look around. Total on that one over and under is 40. Uncle Dave, I'm coming to you first. What are you thinking about Broncos and the Jets for Thursday night? Well, I'd rather not go first, but you left me no choice. Uh, These teams are 29th and 31st in third down conversions offensively. And you can't score without the ball. Denver's considerably better in terms of third down stops. They're both comfortably in the minus column in terms of turnovers. They both play decent schedules. Jets offense is DFL in almost every category. Denver's just far behind. Um, it's hard, if not impossible, to take Rippon. Uh, I don't know if Beckton or Rashad Perryman are going to play right now. I assume Crowder's not. They both suck in the red zone. I uh, can't take passing stats with a grain of salt because they've both been playing from behind all season. You'd think this would be a dead nuts under game, and that's really the only way I can look, to be honest with you. I don't have much of an opinion on this one, Uncle Dave. I figured if Crowder was going to go ahead and play, that I might look at the Jets. But the fact that he's kind of questionable right now, I'm going to go ahead and pass. Chris, you have three props that you like for this game. You actually got numbers on this one. This has been something that, you know, that we're struggling with with the podcast is, you know, we can't get prop numbers from books right now that are actually posted. So what we're doing is we're kind of projecting stuff out for the Sunday game, Sunday night, Monday night. But Chris has numbers right now for Thursday night football. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and give out those three props that you like for the Broncos and Jets game? Yeah, Sleepy. So the first one I'm going to look to is Melvin Gordon over 60 and a half rushing yards. And this is a game I think we all agree that's going to be pretty low scoring. But however, in week one, Melvin Gordon in a 16 to 14 loss to the Titans had 15 carries for 78 yards. And I think we're still unclear whether Philip Lindsay will be back. Well, Philip Lindsay's still coming off an injury here. So I don't I don't know how much work he gets if he is healthy in this game. 
And Melvin Gordon's pretty much the only reliable option they have. And I think they're going to try to ground and pound in this one here. So he had 78 yards in week one, 70 yards in week two. I like him to clear that 60. I would probably bet it up to maybe about 63 and a half. Uh, so a couple extra in terms of what it is right now at Bet Online, and then the other props I like here is is just this is an extremely small sample size, as small as you can get. But look at the last drive of the Buccaneers Broncos game when Rippin came in as quarterback, and obviously they, they were hurrying up and trying to rush and score, but he did throw the ball, I believe, eight times. He was seven for seven, and then threw an interception, kind of to end the game right there at the end, but. Out of those eight pass attempts, he actually targeted Tim Patrick three times and Jerry Judy three times. So you think that whatever chemistry he was able to develop, even in such a brief period, that that's going to somewhat relay into this game here. And the Jets do not have a secondary that we're worried about. And I think neutral situation at best for the Broncos in this game in terms of them being able to throw the ball. So I like Tim Patrick actually over two and a half catches right now is what I saw the number at. And he's had at least four catches in two out of three games this year. And again, just three targets on one drive. Rippon's going to look his way again. And then I do like Jerry Judy over 52 and a half receiving yards. He's cleared this total in all three weeks this year. And again, he had three targets on that one Rippon drive. Almost half of the attempts there went to Judy. So I like Judy there is basically the, the best player they have in terms of the wide receiver group. So that's where I'm going with this one. I think it's going to be a concentrated attack for Rippon leaning on his best talent and obviously leading on the ground game with Gordon there. All right, solid stuff there from Chris. Looking like he's going to go ahead and fade the Jets' defense here. You got three guys here from Denver. Hitman, I'll go ahead and throw it over to you. Broncos, Jets, what are you thinking for that game? Time to bet the side was when the Jets were plus three, right before the ripping news broke. I make it about minus one, so the Jets did have some value. I just didn't want to go down that road again and back them so I really got nothing for the side nothing for the total and if I was going to look at a player prop it would probably be on ripping under I did bet a rogue number in Jersey DraftKings has 219 and a half I don't know if they'll still have it when this pod releases but if you see it I would bet it and the reason behind that is the fact that Fangio said that the team was starting ripping but he might not be the starter for the entire game he's gonna have a very short leash so any chance that he gets benched or whatever I think makes this a good play. And if he doesn't get benched, I still think that's going to be hard for him to get 220 yards. So that's the direction I'd be leaning. All right. That's a solid angle as well. Pretty good stuff on that game. Uh, that'll wrap up the Broncos and Jets Thursday night. Let's jump into Sunday. And I want to start out with the Steelers at the Titans game. That game's postponed. Dan, you have some news and notes on that one. Exactly what's circling around that Steelers Titans game, when that might take place, who the hell's out, what's going on with that game right now? Five staffers of the Tennessee Titans tested positive for COVID, while three players tested positive for COVID. We're recording about 7.45 at night on Wednesday, so I have not heard anybody new testing positive yet for COVID, or the information hasn't leaked yet. But as of right now, the Titans are not allowed to practice in their team facility until at least Friday. The NFL is going to reschedule this game for Monday or Tuesday, depending on any type of new test results. So we'll see if it goes from there. But as of now, this game looks like it's going to be played. But be careful on where you place your bet, at what book, and at what number. Some books are refunding you because the game is going to be canceled, while some other books are going to hold the bet to be true, and you can keep your money with the bet. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if they go ahead and try to play a doubleheader on Monday or if this game actually gets moved to Wednesday. I think Wednesday Night Football will be pretty cool. NBA Finals Game 3 will take place on Tuesday. So my gut feeling is maybe they'll do like a Wednesday 
And then we have, you know, Thursday night football coming up. So that's just my gut feeling on when they might actually play that game. But let's go ahead and start out here with the Saints at the Lions. We have a best bet in this one from Bernie Fratto. But before we get into Bernie's best bet, I want to hear what the hitman has to say. This line right now is Lions plus four at home, total 54 and a half. Hitman, the floor is all yours. What are you thinking? I'm leaning into the Lions in this one, but um, I'd probably actually go – I would probably play the first half if I was going to play one of these. And uh, Fezzik on the Dream Pod, he made a good point about how the Lions have been playing really well in the first half. They've been about a 500 team in point differential during Patricia's tenure in the first half, and it's the second half that they really start to implode. So I would look Lions for the first half, especially because of the coaching mismatch. You have to think that once Peyton gets a a read on Patricia, that in the second half would be when he would really start to be able to figure some stuff out against that defense. So I make the line three. I would play it plus three for the first half. If I had to pick a side for the game, it would be plus four for, for the game. All right. So Hitman's looking towards the Lions in that one. Uncle Dave, Saints, Lions, what are you thinking? You know, I kind of agree with Hitman. And to me, it's just just like when you're ready to give up on Patricia and the Lions. They go win a game in Arizona. Nobody gave them a chance to win. Uh, and just when you're ready to sort of reunite the Saints, they lose at Las Vegas, get beat on Sunday Night Football, probably worse than the score indicated. You know, to me, if Thomas and Jared Cook are out, I'll be on the Lions. Their third down defense has actually been very good. I think they're seventh in the league. But I don't love it because the Lions' rush defense is near the bottom of the league. So it could be Alvin Kamara versus Stafford, not Breeze versus Stafford. And again, to me, it all depends on who is and who isn't playing. Detroit had that meltdown against the Bears. Then they caught the Packers in the wrong place at the wrong time. And after seeing what Green Bay did to the Saints without Adams, that in hindsight was even more predictable. So for me, it's probably going to be the Lions. If Thomas is out, it will be the Lions. Yeah, as of right now, Uncle Dave, for reports that I read, Thomas is questionable to go ahead and play. And I'd agree with you guys. I think the lines are probably the play here. If you can get anything over plus three, I think that's surely a decent bet. Plus four, I, don't know, I feel pretty good. You know, with Galladay coming back, you know, that Lions offense might actually erupt. This might be a game where they put up like 30 points. And you guys know I've talked about on this podcast probably for like our first three weeks of the NFL pods. You know, I just I, I can't really support the Saints right now. I don't think Drew Brees is that good. And with Thomas. Even banged up if he does come back limited, I think the Lions are motivated to go ahead and get a win here at home. Now, we do have a Lions expert here, and that would be our one and only Bernie Fratto. He has a best bet on this game. Let's see if Bernie likes the Lions or the Saints in this one. Hey, Bernie, what a radical party. Hi, Bernie. I hear you've got something for me. A little present. Playing games, are we? Oh, Bernie, you animal, you are insatiable. Bernie. Bernie, Bernie, I've got to talk to you. Uh, Bernie's a little wasted right now. We have to call the police. Hey, Sleepy, we're back for week four, and I'll tell you, after week three and the fact that I was on the Falcons, I came very close to recording the fact that I would be uh, taking a week off uh, because sometimes it's good for betters to step back instead of force. Uh, but I had a game jump up at me, and it's a home dog. Uh, I may have to hold my nose a little bit, but I think there's real value on this play. The New Orleans Saints visit Detroit, and they're laying four on the road. And, uh, last Saturday night on my show, I was pretty vehement about the fact that I'm really looking at Drew Brees uh, showing signs of being a shot fighter. Uh, we know he can't throw downfield anymore, and we're seeing defenses shrink the field on him. 
and uh, they're not nearly as potent. But it, it's worse than that. I, I saw against the Raiders, uh, Breeze would drop back, and he had his feet set, clean pocket, and even some of these short underneath routes, crossing routes, drag routes, he's missing receivers. So he's not the same. Only the half the problem for the Saints. Their defense is giving up 32 points a game. That's not good. Meanwhile, the Lions got back one of, the, one of their favorite weapons last week, Kenny Galladay, and he very much helps the Lions stretch the field. He's a big target. He had six catches for 57 yards and a touchdown, and he makes everybody around him better. He's very good in the red zone, which is another matchup issue for the Saints because you have to take note that the fact that the Saints are 30th in the league in opponents' touchdown scoring percentage when they get in the red zone. If the Lions get in the red zone, the stats so far are teams are scoring touchdowns 84% of the time. You put the two together and add the fact that the Saints are laying four points on the road, so the market really hasn't adjusted. I think this is a bad line. Remember, Sleepy, the Lions just visited Green Bay in Lambeau Field, and that line closed at five and a half. Now the Saints are on the road in Detroit laying four. And if you put the Saints and Packers on a neutral field, well, the Packers already went in and took the Saints apart and scored 37 points. But if you put them on a neutral field, i got to believe that game is about a pick em. So this line is about three points off to me. This game should be a pick em as well. You're getting over a field goal. All kinds of value on the Lions here. Yeah, sure, they can screw it up. But as we've always said, Sleepy, we bet numbers, not teams, and the numbers don't look good for New Orleans. We'll go with Lions plus four. and hope I can shink that, uh, get that Atlanta jinx off my back. All right, guys, so pretty much unanimous now with that one. Bernie capping off with his best bet. He's going to go ahead. He's going to play the Detroit Lions plus the four. So it looks like everybody is on the Lions here. Generally, that hasn't been a good thing. And last week, the Cardinals were the sheep of the week. And sure enough, they went ahead and fell to Detroit. So hopefully we can avoid that situation. I want to jump over to, as I just mentioned, the Cardinals. They're going to be at the Panthers. Panthers plus three and a half here at home. Over and under 51 and a half. We're going to end up with a massive run of 50 totals this week. I've never seen so many games this high lined, and and for good reason. I think the overs right now are hitting like 60% on the season. Some crazy scores the last couple weeks. But we do have a best bet in this one. I'm going to go ahead and throw it to Uncle Dave first. Uncle Dave, you know this Panthers team rather well. You've talked about them. I think you like their season win over. No, they don't look terrible. You know, they don't look great, but I think they're maybe they, they find their stride here uh, without McCaffrey. How are you feeling about Cardinals-Panthers this week? Well, I, I am so torn on this game, it isn't even funny. I mean, yeah, I was I was uh, pretty high on the Panthers. I said pretty high. I was a lot higher than a lot of people were. And I think the sharp play is going to end up being Carolina, but I just can't. I really wanted to make a case for the Panthers. You know, all we hear when people talk about Arizona is Kyler Murray this and the offense that. The Cardinals' defense is number two in red zone defense. That's a big deal. Number one in third down defense. That's a bigger deal. And Carolina lost to Derek Carr and to Brady, but their win last week was against Justin Herbert. And admittedly, I thought the Chargers would fare better against Carolina's defense, and I was wrong. So I think this may be where we see the real Panthers' defense and the real Panthers' offense without McCaffrey. So right now I'm leaning towards Arizona. All right, so Uncle Dave there with Arizona. How about you, Hitman? I will make a case for the Panthers, and it's more of a fade against the Cardinals. 
just the fact that this team, one, they have a lot of injuries at safety and their defense isn't all that great to begin with. And two, offensively, without Christian Kirk, they're really limited as far as weapons go. I mean, you have Hopkins is obviously a stud, but they really don't have a tight end to speak of. And then you have Fitzgerald and Andy Isabella as the wide receiver two and three. I don't know if I want to trust them to cover margin for a West Coast team going to the East Coast. And you know what? The Panthers, they've been pretty competitive and they were in a bad spot to start the year just because they had 60% roster turnover. And in a COVID year, that's really tough at the start of the year. You'd figure that they're going to struggle early and maybe get better as the season's gone on. But they played the Raiders super competitive week one. The Bucks game was super competitive in week two. And then obviously they beat the Chargers last week. So they've kind of exceeded my expectations early on. I think they're only going to get better as the season goes along. And at plus three and a half, I have some value on them. So for me, it would be the Panthers. That would be the side I'd be looking at. Well, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pass that one. Same with Dan, same with Chris. You know, I don't, I don't really have much thought with either of these two teams. I think the Cardinals have a chance to go ahead and, and win and cover this game, but you know, I don't know how that team's going to look on the road. So for me, you know, we got 12 other games to look at to make money at. So I, I, I had really no choice, but to go ahead and pass that one. Didn't have much of an opinion. I do have an opinion on the next game. We have the Browns at the Cowboys. Cowboys, they're going to be minus four and a half, total 56. A high total in this one. I saw this one started out around 54, and it's just been creeping up as of the last couple of days here. So, Uncle Dave, what do you think in Browns, Cowboys? I don't know, Sleepy. You know, both teams are scoring. Both teams going up a ton of points, and, and that's obviously why that total has already been bet up two points. I'm not sure I agree with it. Um, you know, Dallas has played uh, Goff, Ryan, with Julio Jones for a little while, and Russell Wilson. Browns have faced Lamar Jackson. Uh, we'll, give him, we'll give him a check for that. But then Laura Huelos beat them and Dwayne Haskins. So big boy edge in competition for Dallas here. Um, I just don't know that I trust either of them. Uh, the early money's taken the line in favor of Dallas. Um, I don't know if they have the offense or the real mental fortitude to get margin. So I think what I will do there is tease the Browns up to 10.5 or more. Uh, but if I had to bet the side as it sits right now, um, I think I would have to go Cowboys strictly based on strength of schedule to this point. You know, Uncle Dave, I can't disagree with really anything that you're saying there. I think that the fact that you're thinking about teasing the Browns up makes my point why I would probably go ahead and back the Cowboys. You know, I, I know the Dallas defense hasn't looked good, but you got to figure if they're going to wake up, they're probably going to wake up here at home. And, and they kind of have to. And, you know, Chris alerted me to this earlier on in the season. And, you know, I was a big, big backer for Baker Mayfield. And, you know, I'm looking at his stats every week and it's, you know, 21 for 35 for 211. It's, you know, 22 for 37 for, you know, 198 with one touchdown here and, and two there. Like, where's the breakout game for, for Baker? Now, I don't think it's going to come on the road against a desperate Dallas team. So I don't like Cleveland this week. And I think a lot of people are just going ahead and they're fading the Cowboys. And look, I know, you know, going on the road, going into Seattle against Russell Wilson, who arguably right now, you know, is, is the number one quarterback in the league. That's not an easy out. You know, it's not easy to go into Seattle. They have a good football team. So I think, you know, maybe Dallas is, maybe we can, maybe we're buying them low right now. My gut feeling just says the Browns are just in a bad spot here and the Browns will get better. But I think that this is a game where a lot of people might expect the Cowboys to fall flat in their face again. And, and you know, I'll, I'll put my faith in them once again this season and, and I'll go ahead and I'll back the Cowboys I think they probably get it done by, 
you know, a touchdown, maybe 10 points. I don't think they route the Browns, but I, I think a, a comfortable win here for Dallas. That's the only way that I would look in that one. Hit me on what you think in Browns-Cowboys. I'd be looking under if I had to make a forced play on this. And it's scary to take an under right now in the NFL. There's been an increase of like four and a half points per game through the first three weeks. And a lot of that's because the refs aren't calling offensive holding. They're calling a lot more defensive pass interference. But I think that the market might have caught up on this one. I'm seeing a 56 and a half on the screen right now. And I just think that's too high just based off the fact that you have the Cowboys offensive line injuries and the Browns, they don't, they don't want to get in a shootout. They want to be a run first team. So I don't know if they're going to really go after the uh, the cornerback injuries for Dallas right away. And let's just be real. This is just a high total. I mean, this is what the total was in the Seahawks-Cowboys game last week. And instead of Baker Mayfield, you had the MVP of the league, Russell Wilson. So for me, it would be uh, the under pass for what I'd be looking at right now. All right, so there's everybody on that game. Can't really argue against anybody in that one. I think we've all actually made some pretty – some pretty solid cases there. Let's jump over to the Vikings at the Texans. This is the Hitman's Minnesota Vikings. Now, Minnesota, I don't believe they've been able to practice, and I don't think they're going to be able to practice. This number went from Texans minus four. It's up now to four and a half. The total sitting at 54 and a half. We do have a best bet in this game from one and only Mackenzie Rivers. He has a team total. This is his featured pick of the week. Why don't we go ahead and start out with Mackenzie Rivers, see what he's thinking about in this game. My team total of the week, let's go to Houston. I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings under 24.5 points right now on FanDuel. Last year, we broke it down with Kirk Cousins. Solid quarterback, top 15 maybe. But at the 1 o'clock start, in his usual regular scheduled start, most NFL games start at 1 o'clock Eastern, 65% against the spread for his career. When any other time, Monday, Thursday, Sunday night football, about 33% ATS for his career, Kirk Cousins. Why? Jonas Knox and Straight Outta Vegas had great insight into this. We looked into it. The data seems to back this premise. He's a creature of habit. Very regimented schedule every 15 minutes of his day set to a very specific schedule. Well, now, he's not practicing on Wednesday like usual. He might not practice on Thursday like usual, as that's yet to be decided. With the Titans having a COVID outbreak, well, you call it an outbreak, four players, the Vikings schedule has been completely thrown off, additional testing, less practice time. Yes, this is a 1 o'clock start. Kirk Cousins' schedule will be completely blown up throughout the rest of this week. And I think that's going to hurt the Vikings' offense. That's why I like under 24.5 points. And remember, this Texans team is going to be as hungry as any team in the NFL this this week. This is a team that's used to making the playoffs with the top five quarterback. I have him at six, maybe. Deshaun Watson. That's 0-3 right now. They lost to the Ravens, Super Bowl contender. Lost to the Chiefs, Super Bowl contender. Lost to the Steelers, an emerging Super Bowl contender. So they think, hey, we lost to good teams. This is still our season to prove something. Vikings will be hungry as well, but can they get that offense going with less prep time? I'm betting no. I'm betting under 24 and a half points for the Minnesota Vikings. All right, guys, there's Mackenzie Rivers. He's going to go ahead. He's going to play the Minnesota Vikings team total under 
24 and a half solid handicap there from McKenzie. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to throw it right to the Hitman because he knows this Vikings team. Hitman, Vikings, Texans, how are you feeling about your boys this week? Yeah, so I got value on the Vikings on the line. And I mean, one of the things that's concerning is how are they going to stop Deshaun, Deshaun Watson and the speed of this Texans receiving core. It's really the first good matchup for this Texans offense this season. But I have a lot of questions about how the Texans are going to stop the Vikings. Texans can't stop the run. They can't rush the passer. And that's really how you stop the Vikings offense is you dominate them at the line of scrimmage. But they really don't have the capability to do that. And obviously one of my concerns is the fact that the Vikings aren't going to be able to practice until Thursday due to all the Corona stuff. But that's been accounted for in the market because they were three and a half before all that came out. And now we're seeing four and a half and five. So I think a point is about how I would have accounted for it also. So I'm really not looking at that as a huge factor right now. So with that said, I mean, this Texans defense, it's just going to be tough for them to ever close the back door on the Vikings. I think that Cousins, Jefferson, Thielen, Cook, they all have decent matchups. So I would be looking towards the Vikings plus four and a half. All right, so Hitman's going to go ahead and look at his Vikings. Hitman, I agreed with you with that one. First, you know I'm against the Texans. I mean, I have them rated right now as like my 26th best team in the league. It, it's pretty much, it seems like it's Deshaun Watson against everybody. So I would be with you here. I'll take the Vikings plus the four and a half. I actually made this game pick them, which maybe some people would think is a little bit crazy. But I feel like I'm getting a lot of value in this one. You know, the Vikings got to come out and play better somewhat, somehow. You know, they have Cook, they have Thielen, they have Cousins. That's more than enough. And I think that's more than enough to go ahead and take on the road. And I'm, I'm not worried about the Vikings defense, you know, going up against this particular Texans offense. You know, I think O'Brien is just, you know, one call away from doing something stupid in this game where, you know, the Vikings could easily get right back in it, you know, if they find themselves down a score or two. So I'm with you. I, I like the Vikings, which is shocking for me, but I'll go ahead. I'll take the Vikings plus the points here. Uncle Dave, I'll throw it over to you. Vikings, Texans, how you feeling? Um, I'm feeling probably getting to Minnesota here. You know, I got two winless teams and two desperate teams and, Desperate teams do desperate things, so a little bit of unpredictability there. Um, you know, Houston's at least lost to three good teams, but I can't get the image of Cousins' debacle at the Colts out of my head because I think I probably had them. I, I know I should. It's what you have to do. Uh, but when you tag on that meltdown at home against the Titans, although well, I think both teams are in bad places, I think Minnesota might be in a worse place. But, again, I you know, when I have these games that don't seem to make sense, I ask myself who has the better coach, the better quarterback, in the better defense. Well, it's clearly Zimmer, uh, you know, but when it comes right down to it, and if I can't handicap desperation, if I had to, I would take a desperate Zimmer plus a few points over a desperate O'Brien giving a few points. So Minnesota for me too. You make a good point there, Uncle Dave, when it comes to the coaching, certainly, you know, Zimmer's just been good, you know, throughout his entire tenure as, as a head coach. Chris, how about Vikings, Texans? You have a highlighted player that you're probably looking at for this week? Yeah, well, I, I think that a lot of the players uh, in this game are set up for big fantasy days. And, and when we're talking about that, I'm looking at a few overs on both sides of the ball here. Obviously, I, I don't think Kirk Cousins and the offense of the Vikings will have trouble moving it through the air against the Texans. So I am going to look to Adam Thielen potentially off a couple down games here, where if his over-under yardage total is around maybe 69 and a half, 70, 70 and a half, I would definitely look there. And a prop we gave out and one on last week was Irv Smith Jr., under 24 and a half receiving yards. And I think he put up a goose egg in that game. So if you're seeing any unders on Irv Smith, he's essentially splitting time at tight end with Kyle Rudolph. 
and they're not throwing to the tight ends hardly at all whatsoever, especially with the, uh, the emergence of Justin Jefferson in week three. So I would look again to play an Irv Smith Jr. under receiving yard total, maybe even down to like 16 and a half, 15 and a half. You can see that out there. Obviously, we don't have the numbers officially, but I would look unders with the tight ends and I would look overs with Thielen and possibly see what the number on Justin Jefferson is. If it's around maybe 49 and a half or under 50, I would definitely play that over probably up to about 54 and a half as well. All right, so stuff there on that game, guys. Let's jump over to Seahawks at the Dolphins. Seattle going to be minus six and a half total, 53 and a half. We have our special guest best bet for this one. I'm going to save that one till last. Well, Dave, I'm going to go ahead and start out with you, Seahawks, Dolphins. What are you thinking? I don't know. They're certainly begging you to take Seattle with a number under seven there. And to be honest with you, I always like to take the Dolphins at home this time of year especially when they're playing a team that doesn't ever see the kind of heat and humidity they're going to see in South Florida. You know, and, and all the Seahawks talking heads are about Wilson, and rightfully so. But that defense has given up a lot of points. Miami should have covered in New England, but were for an interception in the end zone. They covered against the Bills. They obviously beat Jacksonville, and they have a little extra prep time. I love Brian Flores. I can't say that enough. Um, so on paper, yeah, Miami has no chance. But since we're not playing this game on Madden, I think Miami stays within the number. Yeah, I think there's going to have a Madden score to it here, Uncle Dave. Now, the fact that Miami ended up getting a win, Fitzpatrick looked half decent in the last game. You know, I think they come out here motivated and charged up, and the one way that they know that they could beat the Seahawks, you know, is by throwing the ball. But if you watch Seattle, you know, throughout their their last couple games, you know, nobody can stop that team. It doesn't matter who the hell they put out there. They go up and down the field on the Patriots. They, they abuse that secondary. They go up and down the field on, on the Cowboys. They abuse them. I don't think the Dolphins are going to stop Russell Wilson in that offense. Metcalf's just too good. Carson's healthy now. They just have way too many weapons. I like the over in this one. I know it's 53 and a half. This is typically not, you know, a number that that wise guys like to go ahead and bet overs. But, I mean, how, how do you make a case that we're going to see defense in this game? How do you make a case that either team, you know, could stop the other team? I mean, it's going to take a lot of, you know, more than likely probably some bad hops. It's going to take some turnovers in the red zone, you know, going the other way. That's the only thing that that I could really go ahead and and make a case for the under. And that's not even a a real solid handicap. That's more of of just a guess on, you know, things that, that you're hoping happen. I think we have enough evidence here that both of these teams can move the ball up and down and both teams' defenses aren't you know, necessarily equipped to go and stop the other. So I'll go ahead. I'll play the over 53 and a half. I like that one. Hitman, how are you feeling about Seahawks Dolphins? It's a good spot for Miami. You got extra rest for Miami and you got Seattle making quite possibly maybe the longest trip that they could possibly make. I don't know if I'm right on that, but it's got to be up there as far as from going from Seattle to Miami. And then you have the fact that Seattle, they're used to Seattle weather. They're not used to playing in this heat and humidity that's going to be in Miami. It's a, it's definitely a challenge for a team that's not used to it in September or first day of October, whatever day it is. Dave knows how the weather is there. Tough for me to lay it with Seattle just because they can't get a stop. And now you have Jamal Adams that might be out for this game. And Fitzpatrick can move the ball. So... For me, it's a Miami or pass. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus, just like me. All right, so Hitman's going to go ahead and think Miami or pass. We have a featured pick here. This is going to be Smooth's teaser. It involves a team in this game and a team that we already talked about. So let's go ahead and see what Smooth has to say. If you're good at something, never do it for free. 
Alright, so listen, why don't you give me a call when you want to start taking things a little more seriously. Here's my card. For my first teaser pick, going with the Dolphins, teasing them by a touchdown up to 13 over the Seahawks. The Dolphins haven't played since last Thursday, so they'll have the rest advantage plus extra time to prepare which they'll need versus Russell Wilson and his offense. He's been killing defenses, but it hasn't come against a defense as good as the Dolphins, who have a defensive yards per point of 18.4 that's ranked third in the league. Now, both defenses have seen average offenses up to this point when it comes to yards per point averages, but it's been the Seahawks defense that's given up a touchdown more to their opponents than the Dolphins. The Seahawks also coming off two back-to-back last-minute wins, so I think they're in a little bit of a letdown and look-ahead spot as the following week they have another primetime game Sunday night with the Vikings. For my second teaser pick, I like the Panthers and teasing them up by a touchdown up to 9.5 over the Cardinals. Now, the Panthers started the season with a lot of disadvantages with a whole new coaching staff, a new quarterback, and pretty much a whole new defense, and losing their best player and centerpiece of their offense in Christian McCaffrey for a few weeks. But despite all that, they've been competitive in their games, including a road win last week as road underdogs over the Chargers. Now, Teddy Bridgewater did a great job last week being efficient and moving the ball down the field and not committing any turnovers, and I look for that to continue as the Cardinals versus the pass give up 61.8% completion, allow about 224 yards per game, and rank towards the bottom of the league in QB rating with a 103.1. It's also a West Coast team traveling to play on the East Coast in the early time slot, so I'm also looking for a slow start by the Cardinals. All right, guys, there's Jace Movie. He's going to go ahead. He's going to tease Miami, and he's going to go ahead and tease Carolina. Solid analysis there from Jace Smooth. But now it is time for our special guest best bet of the week. And this comes from AJ Hoffman. If you guys don't know where AJ is, you guys can find him on Twitter at AJ is the real. You guys can get him on ESPN in Houston. AJ, solid handicapper, loves the UFC, loves college basketball. And I spoke to AJ a little bit, and I spoke to Uncle Dave about this as well. Uh, We probably plan on doing a college basketball podcast when college basketball comes back around. As of right now, it looks like November 25th will be the college basketball tip-off. So we're certainly going ahead and looking forward to that with AJ, Uncle Dave. And I know Dan will be there cheering on his crumb joint teams from the Summit League. But we just wanted to go ahead and touch on that. But with all that said and out of the way, let's go ahead and get into AJ Hoffman's best bet. My best bet's going to be on Seattle, minus six and a half. You can find him at minus 105 right now. I'd play him up to seven. You want to bet against Russ right now? I sure don't. The Hawks are undefeated against the spread this season. Russ is playing at an MVP caliber level. The Dolphins are coming off a win and extra rest, but they're still missing Byron Jones. His replacements have not been great, and you can't afford to not have your full defensive complement against Seattle right now. Miami ranks 31st against the pass so far this season. They don't really have the passing offense to take advantage of Seattle's banged-up secondary. Fitzpatrick 0-3 against Seattle in the Carroll era. Two touchdowns to seven interceptions. Speaking of the Carroll era, the Seahawks 13-7-3 against the spread in the early game on the East Coast under Pete. I'm riding with the road favorites here. All right, guys, looks like AJ's going against the grain. He's going to go ahead and take Seattle as his best bet, minus the six and a half. Big thanks for AJ going ahead and joining the podcast. Let's jump over to Chargers at the Bucks. We have three best bets for this game. 
We've never had that ever for our podcast. Bucks are going to be minus seven here over and under 43. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start out with Chris Dell. Now, he has a prop play that he likes, and then we'll get into the best bets. Chris, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to you. What's your player prop you're looking at for this Chargers-Bucks game? Yeah, I'm going to give out another one of my double-dip props here, and it's going to be on Austin Eckler. And I know the running game is going to probably have some issues running against that stout Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive front. We all we all know they limit running backs pretty well in terms of rushing yards, but I'm going to talk about the receiving game for Austin Eckler, and he's revitalized his role with Justin Herbert under center. First game with Herbert, had four catches, 55 yards. Last week, had 11 catches on 11 targets for 84 yards, so – Tampa Bay is a team that does funnel targets and passing game usage to running backs. And Eckler's probably the best running back in the league, maybe outside of Alvin Kamara in terms of the receiving game there. So I don't know what the exact number is going to be, but I do like Austin Eckler. If you can find it around four, three and a half over on the receptions. Uh, and I, I especially like even more his receiving yardage total. I'm going to say that that might come out around 48 and a half, 49 and a half. I definitely like that number over 50, probably up to, over 54 and a half would be my buy price on that. So I'm going to go Austin Eckler over three and a half receptions and over 49 and a half receiving yards in this game. All right. Solid stuff there from Chris Dell. You know, Chris, I'm looking at a prop myself in that one. Obviously the number has not come out yet, but I'm thinking Tom Brady under passing yards is where I'm certainly going to look. You know, I haven't really been thoroughly impressed, you know, with what Brady's done, at least through the air this year. And I think going up against the Chargers, they're going to be somewhat desperate, but that's a pretty good defense. So, you know, Brady, usually his props are going to be a little inflated. So I will go ahead and look for anything that has Tom Brady's passing yards. I would say anything under 225 uh, is certainly a way that I would go ahead and look. But I want to get into our best bets. As I had mentioned, we have three best bets for this game. We're going to start it out with the Hitman. Hitman, you got a best bet. Let it rip. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Yeah, so we're going to take the Chargers plus to seven, and it really comes down to this. One, the Chargers really don't lose by margin, and they're good as a dog. Anthony Lynn as a dog, as a dog as a Chargers head coach, 8-4-2 against the spread. And even during last year's 11-loss season, they only lost two games by more than a touchdown. And then you have the fact that Tom Brady and the Bucks they have this reputation as an offensive team, but they're really led by their defense – and one of the reasons that their offense is kind of overrated right now is how bad Brady is under pressure. So last year, no quarterback had a bigger drop-off and completion percentage under pressure than Brady. He also had the third biggest drop-off in yards per attempt when he was under pressure. And guess what? This year, he's only averaging three and a half yards per attempt under, under pressure. And the Chargers rank third in the NFL in pressure rate. So obviously we know that the Bucks have a tremendous defense, but I like what Herbert's done. He's really gotten Allen and Eckler involved for this team, who are the, obviously the two best players for them. And I think that in a game that I like the under, and I think that's going to be a real defensive-driven game, just getting a touchdown is super valuable in that spot. So give me the Chargers getting the seven. All right, there's the hitman with his best bet. He's going to go ahead and take the Chargers plus the seven. We also have Jay Smoove with a best bet. Let's go ahead and see what Jay Smoove has to say. For my best bet of week four, I'm going with the Chargers plus seven. Maybe able to find plus seven and a halves out there, laying 110 over the Bucks. 
The Chargers may be 1-2, but they've been playing better than their record would indicate compared to the Bucks. The Bucks are also getting a lopsided amount of tickets, but less money, and I expect that to continue because the public loves Tom Brady. The Chargers rank last in offensive yards per point, but they've been up against some solid competition with the average of their opponent's defensive YPP being 15.9. The Bucks currently have a 15.1 defensive YPP, so I expect the Chargers to continue their offensive production and score between 17 and 23 points. The Bucks have a 12.2 offensive YPP, which is really good ranking inside the top five, but it's come against defenses with an average YPP of 13.9, and the Chargers defensive YPP is 17.7. That ranks fifth in the league. So I think Brady will have a tough time against this defense moving the ball as one of his top weapons in Chris Godwin is listed as doubtful. This is also my upset of the week. All right, Jay Smoove, he is with the Hitman as well. He's going to go ahead and back to L.A. Chargers plus the seven. So you got the Hitman on the Chargers. We got Smoove on the Chargers. Christel, he likes a Chargers player. He's going to go ahead and like Eckler over his receiving yards. And we also have an Uncle Dave best bet. Is he going to pick the Chargers and make it unanimous? Uncle Dave, your best bet. What are you thinking? One of those guys who speaks to big groups at high schools and churches. A motivational speaker. Now he's been down in the basement drinking coffee for about the last four hours. He should be all ready to go. I'll, I'll call him up. I took the under 45. I know that's gone. Sorry. It's 43 and a half, 44 now. I like it down to 42. And here's why. You know, if the Chargers can only put up 16 against Carolina, I think they're in trouble against the Bucks. And like Hitman said, uh, their defense is good. They're fifth in points per play, second in yards per play. Add that to the Bucks. Defense being second in yards for rush allowed, it just tells me it's all on Herbert's arm to move the ball. On the other side, the Chargers' defense is statistically better in points per play, since the Chargers are the number one red zone defense in the NFL after three weeks. I really think the heat and humidity is a huge factor here for for L.A., which is why I can't quite get there yet. A quarterback from Oregon, I can tell you from experience, the last two times he played with Oregon in the heat in Arizona, he not only lost, he had some pretty unimpressive stats. I cashed both times, which is why I remember them well. And when the Bucks have the ball, they're probably minus Godwin. And honestly, even if they were hitting on all cylinders, they have no reason to make a statement here. And lastly, the total in Tampa was 47 when they played the Panthers. And that would be the Panthers' defense. It went over by one point, and even that took 20 fourth-quarter points. And here we have a far better Charger defense and a far less likely Charger offense, in my opinion. So I just don't think a two-point adjustment is enough. Chargers haven't had a game go over the total yet this year, and I don't think they will this week, so I'd like the under. All right, well, there's Uncle Dave. Not going to go ahead and back the Chargers, but he is going to go ahead and back the under in that one. So Uncle Dave, best bet under. You got Hitman with the Chargers as his best bet, and Jay Smoove with his best bet on the Chargers as well. All right, guys, it is time for a rapid-fire segment. First game in a rapid-fire segment, Jaguars at Bengals. Right now on the pregame.com game center, Bengals minus three over and under 49. Hitman, coming to you first, what are you thinking? Yeah, this is a straight pass for me. Come on. Why'd you pass? Right now, the Bengals, their offense is the worst in the league in uh, yards per play. And the Jags, I still think that a lot closer to the team that we projected them to be at the start of the year than what they were in weeks one and two. So straight pass. I don't want it part of either team. All right. There's a pass from the hitman, Uncle Dave. Jaguars, Bengals. What do you think? Yeah, if Jacksonville didn't have a little extra rest, I think I'd be all over the Bengals and I still might. You know, I 
I agree with Hitman. I wonder how much that bitch slapping they took against the Dolphins brought him back to reality. Uh, and I've been a Barrow fan, and I've been on Cincinnati every week. And I look at against the Eagles. He put the ball in the air 44 times and didn't turn it over. Uh, the defense picked, picked Wentz off a couple times. And I've just never been able to embrace Minshew Mania because he's just too inconsistent. Uh, and, and as I said last week, once I knew Chark was out, I'd be all over Miami. And if Chark is out again this week, I will be all over Cincinnati. All right, Uncle Dave, looking like he's going to be all over Cincinnati. Dan Rivera, Jaguars, Bengals, what are you thinking? I want to lean with the Jags because of extra prep time, but I don't like their coaching staff or their QB or most of their team. I can't lean the Bengals either. They're off back-to-back road games. Off a game, they just played a full overtime session, so pass. All right, Dan Rivera is going to go ahead and pass. I will go ahead and give you guys this much information. I've warned everybody for the last three weeks about a particular game that it seems like nobody wants anything to do with that other side. And for three weeks in a row, that team is either won or covered. And I'm going to tell you right now that the team I'm worried about is the Bengals. My first knee-jerk reaction, all in on the Bengals, game of the year on the Bengals, and I stopped and I thought about it. And I'm like, this is the game where the Jaguars wake up again and, and take that rear end beating that they took from Miami, go on the road and shock everybody, and the bookies make a bundle of money on the Jaguars. So – I'm not betting this game. I'm staying clear away from it because I actually like the Bengals to start out. But now I'm really worried that the Jaguars might go into Cincinnati and keep that team from winning the game. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and stay away from that one. But that is my recommendation for that one. Let's jump over to the Ravens at the Redskins. Redskins plus 14 here at home. Short travel here for Baltimore. Total going to be 46. Uncle Dave, Ravens, Redskins, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, the question here is how many points is enough to get me to take Washington? And I honestly don't think there is enough. I mean, yeah, okay, the Ravens are off the big Monday night game, short rest, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but Chase Young being out probably with a groin injury means probably no Redskins, probably a game I want absolutely no part of. Baltimore can probably walk in there with their second unit defense and keep Washington from scoring if they want to. And it's all about how Baltimore rebounds from that embarrassment the other night. But I can't get to the Redskins. Uh, as much as I would love to take two touchdowns in an NFL game, I will pass. You know, my first thought, Uncle Dave, is was that the real Ravens defense that we saw that Mahomes took advantage of? I'm not necessarily sure, but, you know, I, I like what I've seen from Haskins, you know, throughout this season. I think he's half decent. I know he threw a lot of picks last time out, but, look, I think the total has a chance to go ahead and go over. I think that Ravens offense go ahead and erupt. I mean, they were just in some serious type of funk. I mean, Lamar Jackson had, like, what, like 97 yards passing, just not a good game all around from Baltimore. I think Baltimore gets it together. As I mentioned, short travel. I think the skins go ahead and hit the board. I think they just simply go ahead and attack. They know that they can't really hang with this Ravens team, you know, punch for punch. They got to take some shots. They got to throw the kitchen sink at them. Look for trick plays, gadget plays, you know, deep shots down the field to McLaurin. I would go ahead and play that one over the 46. Christelle, how about you? Ravens, Redskins, what do you think? Yeah, no strong play on the on the total there. I, I could definitely see the Ravens put putting up a lot of points in a bounce back spot from their Monday night loss to the Chiefs here. But one prop that I do like in this game is Lamar Jackson over on his rushing yards. And we're talking about even without Chase Young and the Washington defensive line, they're still going to get pressure on the quarterback, probably an above average level there. And you saw Kyler Murray, I think he had about 62 yards rushing and a touchdown when they played, 67 yards, excuse me, and two, two rushing touchdowns when they played the Cardinals there in I think with Lamar, you know, you see him struggling to throw the ball and he's going to go back to what he does best, which is use his legs to move the chains. And I like Lamar. His rushing yardage has gone, have, has gone up in each of the past three weeks so far. It was 80, 83 on Monday night. So if you're going to see that total 
probably around, let's say, 50 and a half, 51 and a half. I do like that to him for, for him to continue to lead the team in rushing there. So that's one prop I'm definitely looking at for this week. Sleepy talked, to, talked about the prop numbers not being out this early in the week. So as they do come out later in the week, I will have my weekly player props article up on bettingpredators.com. And every single week, you can find our weekly fantasy football rankings there. You're going to find my weekly player props piece. We also have DFS top plays. And a few of the guys on our team here, we got Sleepy J puts out a frauds and gods column each week. I put out my hunting the waiver wire piece talking about fantasy each week as well. And Dan Rivera every Sunday night puts out his look ahead lines piece looking ahead to the next weekend's games to try to jump on some early lines and get some good value there. And a little bit of a sneak peek, we're going to have a piece from Mackenzie Rivers debuting on the website next week as well. So you're obviously subscribed to the podcast here if you're listening. Hopefully you are. But you can subscribe to the website if you just go to the bottom of any article on BenningPredators.com. Just see the subscribe button, enter your email there, hit subscribe, and you will get an email alert every time we put out a new piece on the site. So stay tuned later this week for my player props article, our fantasy football rankings, and Dan's look at headlines as well. All right, solid stuff there. Thanks for covering all that stuff, Chris. You certainly saved me a lot of words coming out of my mouth, but good stuff there. And as Chris said, make sure you guys go ahead and like and subscribe. And also, why don't you guys leave a review? We get a lot of feedback on Twitter and, you know, Uncle Dave and people are chirping at him and chirping at the hitman and, and chirping at all of us. But, you know, we do like to read reviews because one of the things that, that helps our build our podcast is, you know, you guys leaving reviews, whether you think we suck or you think we're good. Um, you know, go on Google and go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and, and leave a review so we can go ahead and read and, and find out, you know, what you guys like. And uh, we would really go ahead and appreciate that. Dan, I do have to give you some props here, my man, taking care of this sheet. And for those of you guys who you know, obviously can't see what's going on behind the scenes, but Dan's helped me out with a sheet here so so our podcast can move uh, kind of smoothly. And I noticed we have two retweet army picks coming up here. So I just want to go ahead and get ahead of that one. But Uncle Dave, I want to go ahead and I want to jump in the Giants at the Rams game. We are still... In our rapid fire section here, Rams going to be minus 13 over and under 53. Uncle Dave, Giants, Rams, what are you thinking? Yeah, let's jump right into that one. You know, I look at that the same as I do Washington. How many points is enough to get me to take the Giants? You know, it probably there isn't probably enough. And how do the Rams respond to giving a win away? Well, I'll look back and how Atlanta responded after giving one away at Dallas. They gave another one away to the Bears. You know, I guess in the interest of the Jets potentially fighting the Giants for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, I'll pass. I mean, I, two touchdowns isn't in the NFL this year what it used to be. Uh, and it's also not enough to get me to take the Giants. So good luck, whoever wants to bet on that game. All right. So Uncle Dave says good luck on anybody who wants to bet on that one. He's going to go ahead and pass. Uncle Dave, I'm not going to pass. But what I am going to do is I'm actually going to go ahead and I'm going to piggyback the prop play that Dan had given me when we were offline. So, Dan, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to agree with your play here that you gave out. What are you thinking for this Giants-Rams game? Sleepy, I'm looking to Daryl Henderson over his here. Giants stink. They lost to a JV team badly. I have no faith in Joe Judge anymore. I don't like Dave Gettleman. I hate that entire team. Rams will most likely win in a blowout fashion. So my guess is Henderson will just rack up so many garbage yards. Rams will just run down the clock. I like Henderson over rush yards up to 75 rushing yards. All right, that's a pretty juicy play. I agree with you with that one. Dan, Hitman, Giants, Rams, what are you thinking? Leading to the Giants all comes down to the spot that the Rams are in. Had back-to-back East Coast trips. Now they obviously go back to the West Coast. 
not a good spot. Fatigue might fit in, and I don't see the motivation to get margin, so lean to the Giants. All right, there's a hitman going to go ahead and lean to the Giants. We have the Colts at the Bears next. Last game for a rapid-fire section. Bears are going to be plus two and a half here at home. This was a head-scratcher of a line to me. I actually made my line pick them. Total 43 and a half. Hitman, I'm coming right back to you. Colts, Bears, what do you got? Yeah, plus two and a half. I make the line plus one and a half. So maybe if it gets to three, I'll be a little interested. The weather is really going to favor the Bears. Projected wins, projected rain. That obviously favors the team from Chicago playing at home against the Dome team. Phillip Rivers declining arm, maybe not built for those elements. So passes of now, if we see a plus three, maybe start looking Bears. And that's exactly my thoughts, Hitman, on that one is the fact that I don't like taking an indoor team and putting them on a field in Chicago, let alone if it's going to be windy and rainy and just nasty out there. So I like the Bears plus a two and a half. I had mentioned, you know, I made my line pick them here. Dan, these are your Indianapolis Colts. How are you feeling about your Colts going into this game against the Bears this week? Well, Colts have not played the best of opponents. The beat hit me in terrible Vikings. They beat the terrible Jets, lost Jacksonville week one. But on the flip side, the Bears have not won, but two very, very low probability comebacks. Unfortunately, my boy Mitch Trubisky has gone. So if I'm looking for anything in this game, keep an eye on Jimmy Graham anytime touchdowns. Right now, he is a league leader in targets inside the 10-yard line. So if you guys can find a decent payout, the Bears are throwing to Jimmy Graham a lot in the red zone. All right, it's all stuff there from Dan. Uncle Dave, Colts, Bears, what are you thinking? I don't know. It's tough to bet against the Bears. Those, those two road wins and two great comebacks, um, you know, that just gives them newfound confidence, and obviously with falls. And honestly, don't know what page the Colts are on. Can't take anything from their game with the Jets. The defense does have six picks in the last two games. And these teams are fourth and seventh defensively in points per play. But on the other hand, neither one of them faced any really good offenses. Both teams struggle on third down. Both teams' third-down defenses have been solid. I think you know where I'm going with this. I don't really understand the move to the Colts. I made it a pick. If it gets to three, I'll be on the Bears. I really liked the under at 45. I didn't get it. I think it's probably still good at 43. All right, so there's Uncle Dave. He's going to go ahead and bang the under on that one. You know, I don't really believe Uncle Dave, you know, in that Colts defense. That's the only thing that worries me, you know, with the under. The fact that they played three crappy teams. They played the Jaguars. They played the Jets. They played Minnesota. Teams have struggled to score, but I do agree with your handicap there. But that's one of the reasons why I really like the Bears. It's like I just think that the Colts defense right now is just being a little bit overrated. Chris, I'll let you go ahead and close up Colts Bears. What do you got? When you look at Nick Foles and what he's done throughout the years as a starter, he likes to target the tight end and slot receivers in this offense. Or even with the Philly offense, you saw Zach Ertz had some of the best numbers of his career when Nick Foles was throwing him the ball. So I do like Jimmy Graham because he's not only seeing the red zone targets, he's just seeing a high target volume altogether. So I would look towards Jimmy Graham. I think the reception total might be set a little low. I would jump on that if it's over three and a half. Um, I would also like his yardage probably over 39 and a half, like in the 40s range, if it's going to be around that number as well. But the one I do really like that could be a little deflated because Anthony Miller's had a couple down weeks. He posted a goose egg in week two. And this past week, he only had about 45 yards, but all of that came in production when Nick Foles came under center for them. So if you see Anthony Miller's yardage total somewhere in the 30s or low 40s, I do like that, probably up to about 44, 
45 and a half. So I'm looking towards Nick Foles and what he does best. He likes to throw to the tight ends. He likes to throw to the slot receivers. And he might be facing a little bit of extra pressure in this game, which might make him look Allen Robinson's way a little bit less than normal. So I'm looking towards overs on Jimmy Graham and then really looking towards the over on yardage for Anthony Miller. All right, solid stuff on that one. Let me give some props to the hitman on this one. Foles is going to make his first start, which I actually thought he would start week one. Hitman gave out a prop. Trubisky to go ahead and start the season. He nailed that one, and I actually gave out Foles, so I was on the wrong side of that one, but Hitman was way ahead of that one. Good stuff there. Hitman, let's jump over to Uncle Dave's New England Patriots. They're going to be on the road here at Kansas City. This is going to be a primetime game here, guys. You do not want to miss this one. Chiefs minus seven over and under 53. Hitman, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to you first. I'll save Uncle Dave because I'm sure he'll have something good for this one. Patriots, Chiefs, Hitman, what do you got? Patriots, typically a team I don't like to bet against. They just have so many long-term against the spread trends that are favorable towards them. But also the Chiefs, they have a ton of long-term trends that are favorable towards Andy Reid and specifically Patrick Mahomes. But there's one that isn't that favorable to the Chiefs. And that is when they're favorites by seven or more, they're 10, 20, and one against the spread with Andy Reid as their head coach. And you would think, well, maybe that's when they had Alex Smith. When they got Mahomes, they started covering that margin. Well, no, not really. They're, they're six, six, and one against the spread, seven points or more with Mahomes at quarterback. Patriots, on the other hand, nine and two against the spread, getting a touchdown or more. I think that the Patriots are going to try to slow this game down. I don't know if it's going to work or not. For me, at the end of the day, too many questions. The trends favor the Patriots. Maybe gun the head, take the Patriots, but that's about it. All right, it's all stuff there from the hitman. You know, I'm going to go back to probably an old handicap that I believe myself and Uncle Dave actually had in a game last year where I think the Patriots took Tyreek Hill completely out of the game. And that was a handicap that we were pretty strong. I think we actually played the player prop under. Now, we don't have a number, but I'm, I'm guessing Uncle Dave probably remembers that particular handicap. So I don't I don't have a like or a lean on this game at all. But we know one thing about Belichick. He likes to take away one of your best options, especially, you know, somebody that could flip the field and change the game. And that's Tyreek Hill. And we know that. And we saw how he performed last week. So I'm going to look for anything Tyreek Hill under. You know, Gilmore stopped him in the last meeting. I, I believe he might have had one catch. He might have had none, but I know he absolutely shut him down. Uh, so that, that's the way I'm going to look. I'm going to look Tyreek Hill under his receiving yards, maybe even under his catches. That's one way that I'll certainly look in that one. Uncle Dave, your New England Patriots at the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you got? It's tough to handicap this game for a lot of reasons. I mean, number one, you know, as Hitman said that, the, the you know, New England want to slow the game down. I totally agree with that. Uh, it's obviously a situational advantage for New England with the with the shorter prep time that the Chiefs will have playing on Monday night, and I'm still trying to figure out other teams' motivation playing New England with Newton rather than Brady. You know, I, you know, I'm sure that that doesn't inspire them as much. Uh, and with just those two things in mind, I think the early betters bought everything north of plus seven with the Patriots, and yet I still don't trust Cam Newton. You know, he's been brilliant and he's looked like Cam Newton. Um, 17 completions against the Raiders, but less than 10 yards per completion. You know, but the week before at Seattle, he threw for over 400 yards, and they did stretch the field. So I don't know what the Patriots' plan is here. Uh, New England, they've been running the ball fairly well. At least they did last week. I think now New England probably knows what Cam can and can't or shouldn't be doing. Um, as far as taking people out, 
You know, they uh, last week against the Raiders, they took Darren Waller out uh, almost completely. I think two catches for nine yards. Um, Gilmore's looked somewhat beatable this week, but you have to believe that he's at least going to slow down uh, Tyreek Hill. And, and I can't think, uh, even with New England secondary, the Patriots don't want to shoot out. I think they'll at least be some hangover for money for the Chiefs. So if I got to bet this game, I'm looking at maybe New England for the first half uh, and maybe the first half under. All right, it's all stuff there from everybody on that game. All right, guys, it is time for our retweet army pick of the week. And we got two this week. And if you guys haven't noticed, our retweet army pick page on the bettingpredators.com is growing and growing. We got two picks this week. We got one from at Tyler McDermott 18, and we got one from at Wayne Dunn. Solid handicaps here. Tyler McDermott, he likes the Dallas Cowboys minus the four and a half this week. He thinks the schedule is going to be a little bit on the easier side. Dallas has three straight home games in a row now. And he thinks that Cleveland, you know, that they're just a fraud two and one team. And I completely agreed with Tyler with this one. I actually like the Dallas Cowboys myself. So that's good stuff there. Again, that is at Tyler McDermott. We're going ahead, jumping on, giving us your pick. And also at Wayne Dunn. Now, he shocked the shit out of me. I said, dude, you got a pick for the podcast. And he came up with this thing. And I'm like, dude, where did you get that? I thought he, he hijacked it from some site or something like that. And he's like, nah, man. He's like, you know, I listen to you guys every every podcast. He's like, I kind of just, you know, just felt like like this was going to my handicap, like right off the top of the head. And I was like, dude, it's impressive. So he's going to go ahead and he, here's his handicap. He says COVID has placed a premium on quarterbacks and coaches and their preparation as well on how to go ahead and trust teams, you know, with this new system. He's like last week, 14 out of 16 straight up victories went to the better quarterback. He likes the Packers on Monday Night Football with Aaron Rodgers playing, you know, the best of any quarterback in the league, in his personal opinion. Combine that with LaFleur being better than Quinn and the distrust Falcon players have for Quinn. He said, go ahead, give him the pack to win by seven points or more. Packers total should go over as well. Saw a handicap there from at Wayne Dunn. You guys can get those guys at Wayne Dunn and at Tyler McDermott. And you guys can find them on the Betting Predators retweet army page. Guys, if you retweet out the podcast, I'm going to reach out to you, ask you for a pick, shout you out in the pod, give out your analysis and your pick. And also, I'm going to put you up on the retweet army page on the bettingpredators.com website. Let's jump over to another game here, guys. We got the Bills at the Raiders. A lot of action on this one. We have not one, but two best bets for this game. Raiders plus three, total 52 and a half. Hitman, coming to you first. What do you got? I'm looking Bills in this matchup, and that's really the only side I can look just because of the cluster injuries to the Raiders at wide receiver. You got Tyrell Williams, who's obviously been out all season. You got Brian, Brian Edwards, who is their second, third receiver. He's out. Henry Ruggs, who is their second receiver. He's out. It's just at the point that they're so limited right now and going against one of the hottest teams in the league. I could only look Buffalo. All right, Hitman going to go ahead and only look at Buffalo in that one. Uncle Dave, Bills, Raiders, what are you thinking? I think ultimately I'll pass because I'm, I'm, I'm still wanting to believe with Buffalo, you know, who have they beaten? They beat Fitzpatrick, uh, Darnold, and Goff. And, and Goff to me is meh. Uh, I don't think the Rams are, are what maybe some people do. The Raiders went on the road with that comeback at Carolina. They beat the Saints. They played the Patriots actually tough until they – they added to their injuries in the second half. McCarty didn't turn the ball over. Um, if I could get three, uh, I would consider the Raiders, but I don't have a, a really, um, you know, I don't, I don't love it. How about that? 
All right, I'll go ahead. I'll take the Bills here. I'll take the Bills minus the three points. Look, I think that the Bills are probably one of the more well-rounded teams when it comes to offense, defense, special teams, coaching. You know, they bring a lot to the table. And the Raiders right now, you know, they're going to be shorthanded. They got some injuries they have to go ahead and, and, and take care of. But, look, I like the Raiders' schedule. I mean, they played some decent teams. They had to play on the road at Carolina. Not an easy game, but they eked out a win. Then they beat the Saints. I mean, that, that, that was a game where they played well. You know, won that game by 10 in their home opener. And then they go on the road at New England. I mean, they showed up in that game, but it wasn't exactly the greatest of spots. But my big concern for the Raiders is they do have a rivalry game on the road at Kansas City. So maybe potentially a look ahead there. Look, I just think the Bills are just too good of a team. I think that they represent the AFC when it comes to the championship game. I think me personally, I, I got the Bills making the Super Bowl. So there's no way I can go ahead and fade the Bills here going up against a Raiders team that's just going to be a little shorthanded. That's the way I feel. I like the Bills minus the three points. Christelle, I'll throw it over to you. How you feeling, Bills at Raiders? This was almost something I gave out as a best bet myself, so I'm glad that the hitman sides with me on this one. Um, uh, I like the Bills minus three. I like that a lot in this game. And it was it was even minus two earlier in the week that I saw. So I, I just don't think the public's gotten around to embracing Josh Allen as a starting quarterback in this league yet, despite him ripping through for through the first three weeks of the season. So you know, Hitman talked about the cluster injuries to the Raiders. And I, I think you're looking at just the uh, from a me- mentality standpoint in this game, the Raiders kind of already got the monkey off their backs by winning that big opening week one or week two game at home in Las Vegas. So I think the pressure is off them, even with it, even without fans there is they got they got their home opening win. Whereas the Bills are coming in here and they almost gave up that big lead to the Rams. So I, I think that you know they're still looking to kind of prove them prove themselves even after three weeks here. And I, I just think that the Bills are a better team from top to bottom. I think they're better offensively, defensively, and the skill position players seem to be healthier at, at this point. John Brown got dinged up a little bit, but Josh Allen's going to be too much for that Raiders defense, in my opinion. And I, I, th- I think the Bills cover the three here. All right, solid stuff there from everybody on that one. Let's jump into our best bets for this game. We got one from Dan Rivera. We got one from Mackenzie Rivers. I'm going to go ahead and start out with you, Dan. Your best bet for this game. What do you got? I'm going to have me some fun. 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 Bills minus three. Maybe hit me and knows a thing or two about buying a half point. If you looked at his Twitter feed from the other day. But Hitman nailed it. It's all about those cluster injuries. And I don't like this Raiders defense. It's not good. It's not even good when it's healthy. Raiders defense had the ball moved against the Panthers team week one with a lot of brand new pieces. For the Bills, that was more of them blowing the lead last week instead of the Rams coming back. The Bills are for real this year, and I'm not sure if the market has fully caught up to them yet. Josh Allen, much better in accuracy this year. He has a 3.7% cope rating on next-gen stats or 8% cope rating using NFL FastR. So depending on what website or what you have access to, do act fast because I don't think minus three lasts in this game. Give me the Bills, minus three, best bet. All right, Dan Rivera going to go ahead and jump on the Bills here. Mackenzie Rivers is going to provide his best bet. Let's go ahead and get into that. For my best bet this week, I'm going to talk to you guys about following. It's kind of a negative connotation in this climate of ours, this American way where everyone's a leader and a true thinker and yada, yada, yada. My best bet this week is the Buffalo Bills minus three 
primarily because I trust the analysis of the great Tommy the Hitman Jones Rodriguez the Jet Rodriguez, the translucent one, Tommy the Hitman. Ken Griffin is a hedge fund manager of a couple billion trillion dollars, and he said it best. I was studying him this summer. Those that are closest to the data should make the decision. Ken Griffin, he has analysts in nuclear energy and coal and shorting and trading, and he can't be an expert at everything that he trades along. But what he can do and what he spends 90% of his time doing is looking for talented people to trust. Now, I'll just leave it as simple as that. Going off that billionaire's expertise of finding someone to trust and then backing them, I'm backing the great hitman here and saying, hey, Buffalo, I was leaning Buffalo minus three or minus two and a half at the time. Saw Hitman was on it. That's all I need to know. Best bet. Thank you, Tommy the Hitman. Jones the Rodriguez, the Jet Rodriguez. Tommy the Hitman, the translucent one, the Hitman. Love the analysis. Let's get this cash. All right, guys. So there's Mackenzie Rivers with his best bet on the Buffalo Bills minus the two and a half. Here's what I want everybody on the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, if you're on Twitter and you're listening, no matter what, I want you to at Mackenzie Rivers. Ask him if you can take his best bet at Bills minus three because he gave it out at two and a half and we'll give Mackenzie a pass. He did this late last night, but I want everybody just to at Mackenzie Rivers at Mack and Rivers and ask him if Bills minus three is still good for his best bet. Let's jump over to Sunday night football here, guys. We got the Eagles at the 49ers. I have a best bet in this game. San Francisco, they're going to be minus seven, total 46. Uncle Dave, I'm shooting you first with this one. Eagles, 49ers, what do you got? I'm not going to waste a lot of time on this. The 49ers have burned me the last two weeks. I tried to bet against them last week uh, in in New York, two weeks in a row in New York, and and it kind of burned me. So I'm I'm a little sour on them, um, but I can't take Philadelphia either. Uh, But when I I look deep, um, I can take that under. I know it's open 45 and a half. It's up to 46. Don't get it. Think it comes back down. Uh, I think 46 is a great number, and I will take that under all day long. All right, so Uncle Dave's going to go ahead. He's going to jump on the under in that one. Hitman, I'll throw it over to you. Eagles, 49ers, what are you thinking? I'm kind of with Dave. I got burned by the Niners twice in a row, so I'm a little hesitant to go against them. But I will lean to the Eagles. I mean, it's tough to do that because of all the cluster injuries. They're down to, like, nobody at wide receiver. They really just have Zacherts and Miles Sanders and a bunch of nobodies right now in the skill positions. But we have seen the Eagles be a resilient group throughout their history um, with Doug Peterson. They've really came to play when all the odds were stacked against them. Even so last year, they won those four straight games to end the season to win the division when they were down to nobody in their skill position core. So plus seven, maybe we see a seven and a half by game time. I would look towards the Eagles, but it's nothing I've fired on yet. All right, solid stuff there. Hitman going to go ahead and lean towards the Eagles. Chris, I'll let you go ahead and have the last say on this one before I go ahead and jump into my best bet. What are you thinking? Yeah, well, Hitman mentioned it with the Eagles having nobody's at receiver, but I think Greg Ward Jr., I wouldn't call him a, a nobody, and you saw him towards the end of last year. He was thrust into the same situation when their wide receiver corps was absolutely depleted, and he finished 2019 with, I believe, four straight games of at least four receptions. So if you're seeing that three and a half for Greg Ward, I would jump on that immediately once the prop numbers come out here. I love Greg Ward over three and a half receptions. Last week, I believe he had a team high 11 targets in that game against the Bengals. And he's shown that he can be their their number one receiver in that offense, obviously outside of Zach Ertz there. So 
that's one play that I do like. And I just can't bet anything on the Eagles side when it comes to them covering the spread just because the offensive line is just so terrible right now. And, and I don't think Carson Wentz uh, can withstand that pressure m- much too longer. So I don't know if we ever start hearing this t- season whispers of Jalen Hurts becoming the new starting quarterback, but I wouldn't be surprised if that happens in the next couple months if they keep struggling like they have been. All right. Well, there's Christelle liking the over Greg Ward receptions. You know, Greg Ward is one of my favorite college players to go ahead and watch. And he's actually become a half decent player here for Philadelphia. I actually think Ward is actually returning some punts or kickoffs too, uh, because he's just a game breaker type of player. I'm going to go ahead and jump into my best bet. Let's get into that. Come on and wake up. Come on and wake up now. It's time to shake a leg and get up. It's time for you to raise your head up. Come on and wake up. Come on and wake up. Now you know it's time. Come on and 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 wake up now. All right, guys, my best bet for this podcast is going to be on the Philadelphia Eagles plus the seven. I think the San Francisco 49ers right now. I mean, look at their schedule, guys. Who have these teams played? Who have they beaten? They lose week one to the Arizona Cardinals. Then they turn around. They beat both New York teams, who are arguably the two worst teams in the NFL. I think the Eagles offensive line, you know, after all the struggles that they had, they got a little bit of health back. But it seems like they're building a little bit of continuity. And it's another week where the Eagles are are going into like this this hurry-up type of offense where I think they have some type of structure. And Chris just talked about Greg Ward. There is a little bit of a relationship with Wentz and Ward right now that I think actually benefits this Eagles offense. But I think it comes down to Sanders, Goddard, and Ertz. I think those three players can go ahead and move the chains for Philadelphia. And you're talking about benching Wentz and, and all this crap like that. Look, Carson Wentz is probably you know a top-seven quarterback in the league. When he has his players on the field, he's going to be salty. And that's probably not a player that you want to piss off. We saw this guy take a beat-up Eagles team in the NFC East last year to the playoffs where, quite frankly, the Eagles had no business even being in the playoffs last year. So the Eagles have been in this situation before where they've been beaten up, they've been down and out, they've had players injured, but I think they go on the road here. I think this is actually a good road trip for Philadelphia. I know it's a long trip, but I think getting out of Philly, getting away from the media, getting away from home and getting on the road in a nice place like San Francisco will provide them with a wake-up call. I'm going to go ahead and make Eagles my best bet. Sprinkle something on the money line. Don't be shocked if Philly goes into San Fran and they beat them outright. So that's it for that game, guys. We got one final game here left. We got Monday Night Football. It's going to be the Atlanta Falcons at my Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers will be minus seven and a half here. Over and under in this one, 56 and a half. Chris, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to start to you. You have a best bet in this one. What are you thinking? You will learn by the numbers. I will teach you. Yeah, so this is a teaser here that I like a lot this week. I'm going to give it out as my best bet is I'm going to take a seven-point teaser here. I'm going to tease the Packers essentially down to a pick them at minus the half, and I'm going to take the Seahawks on the other side of that and tease them down essentially to plus half, so a pick them. So I'm getting the Packers, Seahawks at a pick them, seven-point teaser. I know the juice is going to be a little expensive on that one, probably like minus 130. But it's, it's essentially the two teams I feel strongest about just winning their games outright this week. And, and you're talking about the Packers being at home here. Obviously, they have that advantage with or without fans. And Aaron Rodgers has been playing at the top of his game, even without Devontae Adams. But it, it's it's possible that Adams could be back for this matchup against probably one of the top two or three worst 
secondaries in the league in the Atlanta Falcons, and and they're just tumbling downhill right now. And and whatever voodoo doll they've got working in the background that's caused them to blow all these big leads here. But Dan Quinn is clinging on to his life in terms of his head coaching job in Atlanta. And I just don't see the Falcons being able to overcome the kind of mental defeat they've suffered these last couple of weeks on Monday night in Green Bay. I, I like the Packers here. I'm just going to play it safe. I'm going to take the uh, the Seahawks. Packers, tease them down, tease them down, and basically get both of them and pick them. That's my best bet for week four. All right, guys. So there's Chris Dell's best bet. Uncle Dave, I'm throwing it to you first. I'm going last. It's my Green Bay Packers. So, Uncle Dave, I'll start out with you next. Falcons, Packers, what do you got? Well, I don't got. I mean, you know, you got both of these teams are, you know, Atlanta's stock just couldn't possibly be any lower. And, and Green Bay's probably couldn't be much higher uh, after what they've done, especially everybody in the world saw what they did on primetime in New Orleans. And and yet they're the seven points and, and it's a it's a it's a seven and a half but a week seven and a half at Pinnacle. And and I wonder here, you know, I think if 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 Green Bay wanted to, they could probably get the margin that they would would cover that number. But do they really want to? You know, that they, they gotta play the Bucks next week and that's Aaron Rodgers against Brady. Uh, you know, I wish that was a Sunday game next week. It's not because the Packers will have like 13 days off. If it was, I would take the Falcons only because I'm just like super leery of that back door because I just don't know uh, if Green Bay doesn't get up a couple touchdowns, you know, 17 to three or whatever, and just kind of dick around and, and the Falcons get one late. I would be super leery of that. Uh, so I, I can't lay the seven points there. I would agree with Chris. I could probably tease him, but I can't lay the seven points because I, I just think that back door is never going to be closed. Um, and obviously, if Julio Jones, Jones plays, I will think that way even more. If Julio Jones doesn't play, um, that, that means I'd probably put more money teasing the Packers. Uh, but if Jones plays, I would be very leery of, of laying those points. All right, so it's up there from Uncle Dave. Hitman, you're up next. Falcons, Packers, what are you thinking? I agree with Dave where he says that the Falcons, I mean, I, I just don't think that back door is ever going to be closed. I like the Falcons a lot more as underdogs than I do as favorites. Um, the thing that's keeping me off Atlanta right now is just the fact that Rodgers faced two similar defenses as far as they don't put pressure on you and they don't cover in the Lions and the Vikings, and he absolutely torched them. So I think that the matchup's really good for the Packers offense, but – like I just mentioned earlier, I think that back door is never going to be closed. So for me, it would be Atlanta or a pass. All right, solid stuff there from the Hitman. I'll finish up the podcast with my pick. I like this one a lot. And I think there's two options we can go ahead and look at this one. Is it go ahead and just play the over straight up or go ahead and tease it down to 50 and a half because we're going to get through some numbers that we probably want to go ahead and get in this game. But I like the over in this one. Look. We know Atlanta's defense has been terrible. They've given up 30 points, 40 points, and 38 points. But the Green Bay defense hasn't been anything special. Everything that Green Bay's done has been overshadowed, you know, because of their wins. But look at what they've given up. They gave up 30 to New Orleans. They gave up 21 to a Detroit Lions team that was shorthanded. And they also gave up 34 points to a Minnesota Vikings team, you know, that, that really hasn't shown that they're all that good, especially on offense. So I think Green Bay gives up their fair amount of points. And look, Atlanta can go ahead and they can put points up on the board. I mean, what are they averaging on the year? Like 31, 32 points per game. So I think this game soars over. But I think teasing this one down, I really generally don't like teasing totals. But I think if you can get this down to 50 and a half, you know, maybe you find another side or something that you like to tease. But I think go ahead and putting them in a teaser is actually is, is quite all right. 
But I do like the over. I think the over 56 and a half has a pretty good shot. That would be the way that I lean in that one. Chris, you do have something that you go on and go ahead and touch on before we go ahead and close out the podcast. What do you got? Yeah, Sleepy, well, you touched on the retweet army and shout out to everybody in the retweet army. Stick around. You can see that on the website updated and every week. And we actually have an official sponsor of the retweet army picks here on the podcast. And that's going to be from Vigit, which is a really cool new mobile app. It's quote unquote, the first social network for sports fans and sports bettors. And what's really cool about this is that the Vigit app allows people to get skin in the game without risking any real money. So it allows fans to compete head to head with their friends. You can also follow your favorite teams, industry insiders, et cetera, et cetera. It's basically just social media for sports and you can play against each other with free types of betting games. So you want to have a little bit of extra action on the side, maybe some personal bets here with your friends on a cool social media app. Go to Vigit, download the app, make sure to use promo code Predators. That's promo code Predators here. Download the Vigit mobile app on your phone, our official sponsor of the Retweet Army Picks on the Betting Predators podcast. Big shout out to our Retweet Army guys for always retweeting the podcast. We certainly do appreciate that. So that'll do it, guys. That's it for our podcast. Week 4 NFL wrapped up. You got your best bets, prop bets, teasers, parlays, however you guys want to look at it. Big thanks to Uncle Dave for jumping on the podcast. You guys can get him on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler. You guys could also get the Hitman, the bookie assassin, on Twitter as well at Pregame Hitman. Dan Rivera at Dan Rivera 228. Get Chris Dell at Mad Journalist. Also, big shout out to Bernie Fratto for jumping on the podcast. You guys can find Bernie straight out of Vegas Saturday night, 11 p.m. on Fox Sports Radio. You guys can get him at Bernie Fratto. Mackenzie Rivers at Mac and Rivers. Jay Smoove at Smoove underscore 702. And sure enough, we got to go ahead and shout out our special guest, best bet provider for this podcast. AJ Hoffman. You guys can find him at pregame.com. You guys can get him on Twitter at AJ is the real. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. I hope you kick your bookies asses this week. Enjoy those games. <laughs>